I just had a fabulous listener email me and she said, Sarah, does Nutrafol work for men too? You better believe it. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement for men and women with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Hello, me included. Nutrafol changed my life post-baby and postpartum hair. Amazing. Also, a lot of women going through menopause say that Nutrafol works for them as well. And like I mentioned, it works for the fellas. Take the first step right now to visibly thicker, healthier hair for a limited time. Nutrafol is offering my TSFS listeners $10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and you enter the promo code TSFS. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hair care stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com, spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code TSFS. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code TSFS. Woohoo! Every day I am getting one step closer to having another healthy baby. And Caraway Home is helping me do that. Their ceramic, naturally slick surface cookware allows you to cook with minimal butter. Uh, they're very easy to clean, just a little warm water, you wipe it down. And the best part is, is that Caraway products are made without any toxic materials like BFASs, BTFEs, and a bunch of other things like I can't even pronounce. So you don't have to worry about that. Um, right now, visit Caraway wayhome.com slash TSFS to take advantage of this limited time offer for 10% off your next purchase. This deal is exclusive to my Sarah Fraser Show listeners. So visit carawayhome.com slash TSFS or use code TSFS at checkout. Caraway, non-toxic cookware made modern. It's time for you to see what all the fuss is about, read about their five-star reviews and why so many TSFS fans buy Caraway Home. Order now. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. That he was knew it was that bad and he wouldn't ask for help. I guess he had just like given up at that point, but so I think he knew it at the end how sick he was. Um, losing the show was like the nail in the coffin for him. I mean, that show was his whole world. So when he lost it, I think he just gave up on everything. But um, he definitely seemed to seem to know it at the end, but I guess instead of wanting to get help, he just gave up. Oh, it, yeah, it's, it's so hard to know, right? I mean, because he was such a smart person too, like so smart. In, yeah, in everything academically and, um, you know, strategizing wise. And yeah, I mean, just what I would hear from other people the last like year of his life it, it was so bad you know just so isolated like you said in his home and the addiction was so bad at that point um but god that is that kind of gives you goosebumps that maybe he did know something you know he just had feeling that yeah there was no reason for him to try and change the life insurance then um you know the girls were plenty taken care of with with the policy that was already out so 
he had to have known. I don't, he had to have. Okay. What about this question that, um, this is actually, um, from Ella. She wrote, how do you deal with someone who is always projecting their issues on you, making it always seem like you're the problem? I, this is such oh. a, this is such a good one because my answer to it was quitting and getting away from him. But <laughs> what did you do? Wow. That is, that is a tough one, man. Um, I think, you know, the first, the first important piece is recognizing that because you and I both know when you're in the middle of like a gaslighting type of situation, you are, you start to believe the hype. You start to think I am crazy. I am the problem. You know, if I would just work harder, if I would just, you know, support him more, you know, do this or do that, then, then this will solve the problem because that's what he's telling me. So once you can get to the point where you, you have that light bulb moment that, maybe it's not me. That's huge. But um, I was telling you this, I remember when um, I was in rehab, and I think I mentioned on the other podcast, like he was trying to sabotage it. And he was, he, it was so dumb, like he was doing stuff like calling in and trying to speak to my personal counselor and tell her all these awful things about me that weren't even true. Or he would try he tried to block the health insurance from paying for it. So I would get kicked out. But then at the same time, he was trying to get them to keep me longer. Like he was just, you know, like just sabotaging None the of experience. It, yeah. Made sense. And yeah. Counselor and just in tears, I was like, I don't understand. This is where he wanted me to be. Like, why won't he, why won't let he let me get better? And I'll never forget what she said. She said, lots of times when you have two sick people, and one of them then gets better. The other one all of a sudden realizes I can't keep projecting my stuff on that person and take the attention off of me and say that they're the problem because now they're getting better. So now the spotlight's going to be on me and people are going to see me for what I am. So I need to not let them get better so I can continue to project everything onto them so people won't look at me. And the same thing applies when it's like gaslighting and somebody always saying something's wrong with you. It's because they they don't want everybody to see that it's actually them. So as soon as you can have that light bulb moment and acknowledge that just because they're saying it doesn't make it true, I feel like is huge. Oh, my God. And I was telling you this. One of the things that I feel guilty is about uh, on my time on the show is like with us, it was it was always like one person was the problem, right? So for years, and I feel guilty because Sammy, and this was somebody else's question. Someone else's question was, did Kane treat men badly too? My experience was yes. I mean, my experience was when we first started, he, Sammy was the target. And like when he threw keys, they were at Sammy. When he kicked a trash can and, and broke a Shakira picture that was in the studio, that was towards Sammy. Um, you know, and I don't know. And Sammy, <laughs> Sammy is amazing, but like he was late, you know, and that would like set Kane off, you know. And so, like, he, what a couple of times, like Kane had gotten in his face, and like Sammy had cried. And I just, I always felt so bad. Like I never stood up for Sammy because Sammy was so young. He was twenty. He wasn't even twenty-one when he started the show, and he was he'd moved here from Ida, Iowa, like all by himself. His family was away. He didn't have anyone, and he dropped out of college for the Kane show. So I felt so guilty for years, never sticking up for him. Um, 
And once Sammy left, because it was always about Sammy was the problem, Sammy was the problem, and the show's going to be great once Sammy goes. And then, of course, Sammy left, and then it was like I was the problem. You know, I was the one that didn't show prep enough, didn't write enough War of the Roses stories, didn't write enough cane scams, didn't do this, didn't do that. And then he would start CCing our bosses. Like, you know, Sarah didn't show prep enough. She's, you know, trying to do things at Fox 5. So it, it like, then I was the problem. Then I left. You know, and it just kept going from a person to a person. So I felt the same way until Danny left. I thought it was us. And then once Danny finally left and Mel, I was like, okay, you know, I mean, nobody can deny now there's something, it's him, you know, because nobody can make it work there. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody could deny it, except I feel like he still got away with it. There's, I don't know. He was a master. I used to call him Teflon. I'm like, he just slides through every one of these situations. I don't know how. Yeah. Um, people, okay, this has brought us kind of to the show and I think like where people stand and where how our feelings are towards people that are still there. Because people had a lot of questions like, are we still friends with, you know, Mel, Sammy, all that on the show? I- I'm happy to speak to that. I mean, I, I speak to everyone except for, you know, Eric, and there's no hard feelings. I just don't see Eric. I I haven't spoken to him for years. And we talked briefly when Kane passed. But then after that, you know, it's been so many years since we were friends that I don't have any connection. You know, I wish him all good things, but I just, we're not friends anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know if you want to speak to that or is there anyone you talk to, you don't talk to, or, or uh- how you feel... <laughs> You know, it's funny, you know, I spoke about this during the podcast that, you know, once he announced our divorce on the radio and, you know, I was I was outside the circle, nobody would speak to me. There was not one person, even though we were all such a family before, that would stick up for me, that sent me a message that tried to, you know, even if it was off the air, show some support. Um, But then once everybody started to experience it themselves, Then some people started coming around. Um, Danny and I have spoken throughout the years and remained friends. Um, I haven't talked to her in a little while, but I know she's going through some stuff, but I just wish her the best. Um, You and I are the closest out of out of everybody. Um, There's nobody from the morning show now that I would say I'm friends with. Um, Mel has been really supportive and sweet and sent me some nice messages. Um, yeah, you know, I really the only friend like I have over at iHeart is um, Toby, and I don't even think he does Hot ninety nine five stuff. Does he? Doesn't he host another morning show? Yeah, I don't think he's a part of ninety nine five anymore. Yeah. yeah, but he was part of that world before, and he's been really supportive since Peter died. But that's that's about it. You know, I think um, I don't know. And it's- they were left with some really big shoes to fill, and good luck with that. But yeah, not really a part of my world. And um, you and I were talking about this too. I know like you and I didn't talk for years because it was just, and I said this to Eric, you know, I just I like didn't want to be anywhere near Kane because I, I felt like he was such a manipulator. It was like, I understood, and I'm not saying Eric ever did this or anything, but I always felt like anybody that was around him or knew him or had to associate with him, you know, like, I don't know. He was just a master of finding things out like we've talked about and then like using that against you or or popping up out of nowhere you know he was so I don't know if vindictive is the word because it really was a mental illness but it felt so vindictive in ways like I never even spent time thinking about so I know for me like once you and I like once 
I just was like, oh, I can't even get anywhere near him. And I never spoke to anybody that yeah. was around him. Um, you know, even like Toby included, because I'm like, Mm-mm. I just, you know, you just don't know. No, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, for me, uh, I don't want to tell any stories and just, you know, like throw people under the bus because there's just no good reason to. But after, um, you know, he announced everything about the divorce, you know, everybody talked about me badly on the air, everybody that was left and off the air. They did some really horrible things to me at his bidding, um, I guess, just to want to be in his favor. But they absolutely um, were part of tormenting me, um, every single one of them. So I don't I'm not angry anymore that I need to, you know, like deal with it. It was in the past and it happened, but I don't. I don't see us being all buddy, buddy friends now. And, and I also haven't really gotten any apologies for why they treated me the way they did. Oh, yeah. People wanted to know that. Has anyone from um, Kane's past ever apologized to either of you guys? Um, what's your what's yeah, your experience? I, got, I did get John and I had a phone call right after Peter passed and, and he did give me some sort of an apology, although it was also a lot of, you know, I didn't know it wasn't true. You know, a lot of excuses as to, as to why he did the things he did. But he he did give me some sort of apology. Um, I never talked to Eric. Um, yeah, there were there were a couple of people that sent apologies after he died, saying, "Oh, now I can tell you that you know I shouldn't have thought these things about you." But yeah. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, uh, you know, you and I talked about being painted as crazy. And I always I feel like now, too, I don't even I mean, I don't get an apology from anybody or I don't need one. You know, I feel for people that are still yeah. in that situation. And, you know, I know what he was like. And and look, I mean, they w- it was an open saying at, at Hot 99.5 when I was there. You're with us or you're against us. So. I know what that's like if you're in it, you know, there's a fear and that's what they want. You know, they want you to kind of be afraid to go against the grain, you know. Um, so I try to have compassion for people. I think still in it, we're in it. I, and it's hard. They're trying to save their jobs. It's it's a whole complicated thing. But I call him the Nozempic Benon Ozempic doctor. I'm talking about Dr. Applin and his wife who founded My Optimal Body. I am so happy about this. These are the first mindful eating-based doctors I have ever partnered with. They see patients nationwide, and they are seeing more patients who have been on Ozempic, and Ozempic has failed for them. What makes My Optimal Body so unique, and why am I endorsing them? It's because Dr. Applin actually looks at food additives, your, your addiction to food, your mental health. They do a whole look at you, including your gut health. Many of Dr. Applin's patients are working out, restricting their diets, and still gaining weight. Why is that? Because something's going on in your body and with your mind. Visit MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. Be sure to tell them the Sarah Fraser Show sent you so you can qualify for a free personalized assessment, plus a bonus free 30-day supply of their gut repair product when you sign up for a customized plan. Again, that's MyOptimalBody.com to request an appointment. How about getting up to five hours of your life back when you sign up for Hungry Root meal prep and delivery service? I'm obsessed. I have t- I've tried a lot of meal prep boxes. This is one of my favorites. In fact, I actually emailed the client to see if I can get like a year's supply. <laughs> 
<laughs> They're like, Sarah, use your own damn code. Anyway, right now, I want you to go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS because you are getting 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. The average Hungry Root customer saves five hours a week. That was us. On top of that, um, you can pick from vegetarian, keto, meat, anything that you like. Right now, Hungry Root is offering TSFS listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. As I mentioned, just go to HungryRoot.com slash TSFS to get 40% off your first delivery and get those free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash TSFS. Also, don't forget to use my link so Hungry Root knows who sent you. Yeah. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. So, yeah, I know. I know. You know, the funny thing is, as I. <laughs> I actually have more empathy for Peter than I do for them, which is the crazy thing because he was the the puppeteer behind the strings, you know, pulling their strings, making them do his bidding. But um, I guess I know how sick he was, so I have more compassion for him. But I don't know. There's probably some some anger there. I should tease out and go to therapy over, <laughs> let go of at some point. <laughs> we all, if I'm being totally honest. <laughs> Oh, well, please, me too. I mean, it's a work in progress. I mean, always, right, for all of us. Um, well, look, I, I have to ask you, just because you and I both got, I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of messages, and I don't even know who Skittles oh, is. Yeah. <laughs> but but, yeah. but now, I, now I need to see Skittles. But people, I guess, okay, so people want to know if Intern John, why Intern John has Skittles, who is like, I guess, the dog that you guys all had or something? Yeah. So this is so funny. And I, I received so many messages about this. Skittles I wasn't going to address it, but there's just been so many. I feel like it would be really weird to say nothing about it now. But um, Skittles is an adorable border collie, a dog that the girls had with Peter. So it was Peter's dog with the girls at their house. Got it. Okay. That now, so, okay. Uh, all right, I'm just going to lay it out there and people can take it however they want. Um, there's no like big bad villain here. It's just a crappy situation, I think, for everybody. But basically what happened is um, after Peter went to the hospital and the paramedics took him away, I brought the girls and the dog back with me. You know, they were very upset and I love dogs and everything. And so, you know, it just made sense. Let's 
keep him with the girls. The thing you have to understand about border collies and that um, like herding breeds is they're, they can get overwhelmed, overstimulated really easily. Okay. And so, and my house is complete chaos. Um, so the girls came in and Skittles came in and I think it was just too much for him. Like he didn't know where Peter was. He was in a brand new house. Harry was like two or three at the time and was running all over and he just kind of short circuited a little and he nipped. He didn't bite Harry, but he nipped at the air. Um, I think he's just, it was too much stimulation and too much change. So, um, I called the, um, the nanny who was helping to take care of the, of Peter's house while Peter was in the hospital. And I said, Hey, can I bring him back? You know, can you keep him because this happened and it's just too much right now at this moment and I'll get him again when I can. So I brought him back to the nanny and he stayed back at the house. Um, Peter's dad then drove down to be with Peter in the hospital. So Skittles stayed at the house with him. Um, then after, after Peter passed, um, had to figure out what to do with the dog. And I had told, um, Peter's dad that I wanted to keep Skittles. You know, I need to figure out a way to bring him back to talk to some behaviorists and vets and figure out the situation. Cause obviously I can't have him biting my kid, but I thought we could work through it. So I actually, um, cause John had been very helpful with, if there's anything I can do, you know, for the family, um, I want to help out. So I asked him a favor and I said, can you keep the dog for me temporarily um, until I can figure out a way to like incorporate him into the house, like slowly adjust him. And he said, absolutely. You know, he's more than happy to. So Skittles went to go stay with John at my request. Then after, I don't know, maybe it was a few months. Um, I had been talking to, you know, it was a lot of chaos because Peter had just died. We had to go through the house. Oh, the girls yeah. were in extreme trauma. You know, everything was nuts. Um, but I didn't forget about the dog. And I talked to my vet. I talked to a behaviorist. And they said, you know, oh, well, here's the, well, yeah, let me just keep going with it in this direction. So I talked to them and they said, yeah, you know, there's some things you can do. He may just always be like, he may bite a kid. We don't know. But we can try and do some things like have him meet Harry, my little one, um, at a park, you know, somewhere outside of the house, you know, like, uh, you know, and, or back at the other house. There's just some ways to try and see if we could ease him into it. Because the thing is, when I was going over, it took weeks to go through Peter's house. I would bring Harry with me and Harry and Skittles would play in the house and get along fine in Peter's house. It was when we took Skittles out. So I finally, um, I texted John and I said, okay, I'm ready to start adjusting, acclimating Skittles to bring him back. Let's set up a time to meet at a park and, you know, start doing what my vet recommended. And the way I remember it is I didn't get a reply and I wasn't sure what was going on. And then I got, um, I think finally he told me something like, you need to talk to um, Peter's dad about this. Oh, I remember. He said um, it was very just like business-like. He's like, as Peter's dad is the executor of the estate, you need to go through him. And I was like, what? Um, so then what I heard from Peter's dad was that, I guess, um, the nanny had tried to bring Skittles to her house and she has a grandbaby and Skittles did the same thing and nipped at the grandbaby. And then I think 
John had told the father-in-law that he thought Skittles was going to bite people or kids. Um, so my father-in-law, Peter's dad, was very worried that somehow he was going to be responsible. He was responsible for this dog as he was the manager of the estate and that somehow the dog was part of the estate and that he couldn't in good conscience send the dog to be with me thinking that it would put my son in danger. So I went back and forth with him several times. I put him in touch with my vet. I wrote so many emails begging him. We can't not get the dog back. Like the girls are grieving their dad and they're asking for their dog. Like we got to try. Like we can't, I can't do that to them too. And um, I, I, I just, I got to know back that, um, you know, he was too worried that Skittles was going to bite my son. Um, and that he said that Skittles was very happy with John and was already settled in and that they were, you know, a nice little family together now. And he didn't want to remove him from that because the dog was happy. So it was a crummy situation. I understand where my father-in-law, ex-father-in-law was coming from. I strongly vehemently disagreed and said we had to try. Um, you know, there were things that the vet was saying we could try before we made that decision and tried saying like, you know, I'm the one who took the dog in. This should be my decision. But um, John became very close with um, Peter's dad during that time. And I don't know what conversations were had other than I got a no, he decided to leave Skittles with John because that was better for everybody. Got it. Okay. There you go. There we know what happened to Skittles. So people, people have been very curious about them. Okay. So, you know, people, people wanted to know that, that aspect of the story. So I think we now know, you know, everything with Skittles. Um, I wanted to kind of move on though, to some advice because so many people wanted your advice. So many people want, especially when it came to the court system. So this was a great question that was posed to you. Um, you know, I love the Natasha interview. I'm just so proud of Natasha and it's great to hear she's doing well. Could Natasha talk more about navigating the court system? How would she do it now? How would Natasha navigate the court system now? Any red flags? Wowza. Yeah. I so appreciate that question because I would do it all completely differently. Um, you know, I mentioned some of this before in the other podcast, but, um, you know, just about trusting your gut and no matter what these attorneys are telling you or your ex is telling you, it doesn't make it true. You know, I don't know how many times they would tell me, oh, if you fight this, you're going to not get any money or you're going to lose the kids or like, you know, just oh, it was so frustrating. I wish I would have just um, listened to my instinct on situations, but navigating the court system is tough. But um, I did a lot of after the fact, like Googling my questions, like some of them, like I was wondering, uh, I, okay, here's an example. So my car um, that I was driving, um, okay, so like, here's a, here's a good question. Um, at the time, I was driving a car and Peter's name was on the lease. And he, <laughs> on one of my uh, reels I'll put up, I'll tell the whole story because it's a pretty funny story. But he um, kind of repossessed the car himself and then said I couldn't have it back because his name was on the lease. And I thought, well, that makes sense. I guess it's true. 
Turns out now, like I've Googled the question to look it up and it's not true. Like usually the court system finds like whichever vehicle you were using, Uh, you can continue to keep whether or not it's his name or your name on the lease. So many things about like the house. Can I stay in the house if my name isn't on the title? What if I can't afford to pay the mortgage? Does he have to continue to contribute? These are all things that I kind of just because you're so scared and you're so broken, like right after you separate from, you know, this person that you loved, it's a painful experience that when these types of icky situations come up, you can't always see clearly through them. So when I had, you know, his attorneys or him telling me like, nope, you know, you can't be in the house or you can't have the car or, you know, I'm going to have the kids on this day, even though it's supposed to be your day. I just kind of took his words still as truth um, or his attorney's words. Cause I thought, why would these people like, they can't flat out lie, right? No, they can't flat out lie. So if I could go back, I would trust my gut more and I would educate myself. Even if it's just going online and Googling in the state of Maryland, you know um, what do I do if um, you know, my kid's dad picks them up and it's really my day you know, that type of thing, whatever the situation is, um, just start trying to learn about it because it's actually all out there. And I don't know why it didn't dawn on me to just, I guess because I thought I'm paying these lawyers, I should probably listen to them. You think you're paying experts, on me right? to figure it out yourself. Um, was there any, okay, so aside from Google, was there a person that kind of stepped in and started making you think like you had more power than what you thought? Was it recovery? Was it, was there a book? Like, was there anything tangible where somebody started making you realize? Because I always think it's a lot of work, but it's interesting. I think if you can represent yourself sometimes when it comes to family court, you know, if you're in a good mental place yeah. to do it, a lot of times you can end up getting a lot more than you think. Um, it's Yeah, it's called being pro se when you represent yourself without an attorney. 